G'day and welcome to Perco's Podcast, a podcast all about strategy, leadership and soul care. We're here to help you obtain your personal, professional and spiritual goals without losing your soul. We hope that today's episode is refreshing and gives you a new perspective. Now here's your host, Jason Perkins. Well, g'day everyone. Welcome to episode three of Perco's Podcast. So glad that you could join us today. Today, I am talking with a good friend of mine, uh, guest Dr. Ray Pritchard. Dr. Ray uh, serves as president of Keep Believing Ministries. His ministry has taken him all over the world, literally. Uh, He's ministered in China, Bolivia, Colombia, Paraguay, Belize, Haiti, Nigeria, Switzerland, Russia, India, Nepal, and even in South Korea. He's a frequent conference speaker and guest on Christian radio and television talk shows, and he has written, get this, 31 books. Holy cow, that's a lot of books. He is a co-host of Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Ray, for 26 years, pastored uh, churches in Los Angeles, Dallas, and most recently in Chicago. He was the pastor at Calvary Memorial Church in Oak Park, Illinois, for 16 years. He graduated uh, from Dallas Theological Seminary and got his doctorate from Talbot School of Theology. He's been married to his wife, Marlene, who is just the most lovely lady for 43 years, and they have three adult sons with families of their own, including grandkids, which is just a highlight for both Ray and Marlene. Ray loves to cycle, and he loves connecting with people via social media, which we're going to talk a lot about today. Um, But before we get to all of that, I want to tell you about a couple of shows that are coming up here in the near future. Uh, We've got a a great show coming up with uh, Mark McCrindle, the um, Australian research and demographer. He is a brilliant, brilliant man and uh, works with a lot of Fortune 500 companies when it comes to marketing and how to connect with different generations and how to speak to those generations. He's recently done a survey of how Australians, and specifically how each generation in Australia, is uh, how they are responding to this corona crisis. And so we're going to be talking specifically to him about how do we as leaders, whether you're a business leader, or maybe a church leader, or a non-profit leader, how do you communicate and how do you connect best with people that are going through a crisis, and how each demographic are uh, dealing with this this crisis and so we're going to have that show coming up here in the very near future super excited about that if you missed the last show make sure you go back to my website uh, it's jasonperkoperkins.com where you can catch up on any of the podcasts but the last show uh, with my good friend Lance Witt was just outstanding when it comes to soul care which as Listeners of this show would know uh, we are all about helping people reach their strategic goals, whether it's professional or personal or spiritual or whatever it is that you're trying to do, but at the same time, not losing your soul. I'm convinced that especially leaders, those of us that are pretty driven, maybe type A personalities, we can forego our souls while we're trying to reach our goals. And we don't want that for any of us that are listening to this show. We want you to reach your strategic goals without losing your soul. We're going to talk quite a bit about that today, actually, with Dr. Ray Pritchard. He's going to talk about how do we actually slow down as type A personalities? How do you kind of take your hand off that throttle that keeps wanting to push forward constantly? He's going to talk specifically to how do you actually pastor people 
on digital platforms over social media. Ray is uh, not a millennial, and he certainly wouldn't be the type of person that if you saw him on the street, you'd think, wow, what an incredible guy I bet he is on social media. However, Ray is connecting with people in a powerful way, and he's actually shepherding and pastoring people. So I can't wait for him to share some of that knowledge with us as we go through this pandemic that is just hitting our entire planet right now. How do we as leaders actually connect with people on digital platforms? I think Ray is going to give us some great insight to that very thing today. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope that at the end of the day, it helps you reach your strategic goals without losing your souls. Enjoy my conversation with my good friend, Dr. Ray Pritchard. Ray Pritchard, so great to see you, mate, and g'day from down under. So glad um, that we could connect during this crazy time in our world. I can't believe that the world has this consistent global goal right now. It feels like everyone in the world with one big goal of trying to flatten the curve. And it's actually, I don't mean to be humorous, but it's actually a goal that I've been working on for a long time of trying to flatten my own curves. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can accomplish both here in the very near future. I think that would be great. Hey, Ray, um, do me a favor, mate. For those that are listening, uh, we have known each other for a long period of time. And man, I'm so thankful for your friendship and uh, for you and Marlene and your family and the support that you guys have been to us. But I would love it if you would maybe just introduce yourself to those that are listening. Um, you've been pastoring for a long time. You're the founder and president of a ministry called Keep Believing. But where did it all begin? Where did you go to school? And then maybe tell us where you pastored. Well, a long time ago, in the last <laughs> century. <laughs> yes. I grew up in a small town in the southern part of the United States, where Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee all come together. Was raised in a doctor's family, a lot of medicine in my background. And like a lot of kids of my generation, uh, I went to church every Sunday morning. My parents made sure in Sunday school and in church. And I got involved in the youth group and all of that. And I only mention that to say that like a lot of kids, I got into religion and I got into the church, but I didn't know the Lord. Now, I didn't know that I didn't know the Lord, but at the age of nine, uh, through a lot of circumstances, I walked the aisle in the Southern Baptist Church that we were attending and met Brother Colley, Brother J.O. Colley, our pastor. He shook my hand, patted me on the head, said he was so glad that, uh, um, that, that I was joining the church. Dr. Pritchard's son was joining the church and welcomed me into the church. But you know what, Perko? Nobody ever said to me, do you know Jesus are you born again? Nobody ever asked me. Wow. In fact, I joined the church. I was baptized and I got super involved. I was one of the leaders of our youth group and all of that. It wasn't until I was 16 years old. We were having a youth retreat. Ironically, I was one of the speakers on the youth retreat. I, I preached the opening message. Thank God there are no tape recordings of that message when I was 16 years old. It has <laughs> completely disappeared. And the next morning, some young people came from one of the local universities. They were part of an early group of uh, folks from Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew. And you know what? There's nothing to cure you of religion like meeting somebody who has a living, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Because between the time I was nine and the time I was 16, it's not as if I thought I was saved or lost. If you'd asked me, are you saved? Either the question would have baffled me or I would have said, I'm a church member. But I, I heard that the life-changing message of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ gave my heart to Jesus, June 21st, 1969. One year later, graduated from high school. And in June of 1970, I felt the Lord was calling me into full-time ministry, off to college, off to a Christian college in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's where I met Marlene. We yeah. met, started dating, fell in love, graduated, got married, moved to Dallas, Texas, started four years at Dallas Theological Seminary, then off into the pastorate in Los Angeles, Dallas, and Chicago. Uh, 27 happy years, good times, tough times, everything that you can go through in the pastorate. And in 2005, the Lord called us away from a really happy ministry there in Chicago. It was one of those times that, you know, Sometimes there are times when what the Lord is doing, you look back and you kind of scratch your head and you say to yourself, you know, I'm glad I didn't know all the future because I might've been scared to do it. Yeah. But God called us, we took a step. And in early 2006, we started this ministry, Keep Believing Ministries, which first started on the internet and then giving away our little gospel book called An Anchor for the Soul now a radio ministry, and now a ministry in China. I'll tell you what, this whole coronavirus thing, to bring it to what you and I are thinking about so much, it has certainly shown us, hasn't it, the fragility of this life, the vulnerability we all feel. We like to think we're so advanced technologically. People say to me, and I'm a typical preacher per coat, I'm wandering away from your question now. But don't That's, get okay. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, okay. You know, people say to me, can God still speak today? I want to go, are you kidding me? You can, can God speak today? Look, he's got your phone number on speed dial. He can ring at any time of the day or night, and you will not put the almighty on call waiting. Listen, when God wanted to get the attention of the whole wide world, he didn't start with a bomb or a plane. All it took was a little invisible virus to bring the world to its knees. So I say to myself, what's my part in what God is doing in the world today? I want to be a dispenser of hope and encouragement because yeah. there is fear, trepidation, and panic. Just here in the States in the last two weeks, 10 million people have moved off the employment role to the unemployment role. Uh, they're saying next week it's going to be, I mean, actually, people are scared to say what's coming next week because nobody really knows. Well, we know who does know. And, and I want to be a dispenser of hope to help people believe and to keep believing in Jesus. That's sort of the journey that brought me from where I was to where we are today. So Ray, you and I connected shortly after keep believing ministries got started then in the mid two thousands at uh, a little place called word of life in Scroon Lake, New York, way upstate New York. And um, we got connected and I didn't realize that Keep, Believe, Keep Believing was so young, uh, was really in its infancy. But one of the things that I noticed right out of the gate, every time I chatted with you, you were an early adopter of leveraging digital platforms to do ministry. Like even as you mentioned a minute ago, 
Keep Believing started out as an online ministry, but you have continued to leverage tools as I've followed you now for 15 years or so of digital ministry and digital platforms to do ministry. And yet, just looking at you, Ray, I don't mean to be unkind, but you are not the quintessential millennial. How, how is it that somebody, or if you don't mind sharing, Ray, I'd love to know, how, how old are you right now? Look, I'm old, I'm old enough to be the grandfather of most of the millennials. I'm 67 years old. I, yeah. I was much younger, Perko, when, when you and I first met at Word sure. of Life up at the, at the campground, I called the Pines. Yeah. I mean, yes. I'm not a millennial. I'm much yeah. older than, than all the millennials. And I think about this. I, it's just the way God works. If yeah. I can roll back the clock, back to about 2000, 2001, um, I began to hear about this thing called a blog, a web blog, you know? Yeah. And the, uh, our church had a, a church in Chicago had a website. And I said, give me a page. I just want a page of it. And I started writing on my page and I would just talk about articles and I would put in little hyperlinks, you know, yeah. and then that was back when that was hard to do. It was yeah. hard. To do. <laughs> the kids don't understand that used to be really, really. Yeah. You almost, check. you almost had to have a computer science degree to add a hyperlink to a web page back then. That was That's a big exactly deal. Exactly right. Yes. Spell check. We really didn't even have spell check back yeah. in the beginning, which is why those early blog entries had a whole bunch of, you know, typos. Mistakes, yeah. But here's the crazy thing. I started discovering that by writing, I just, I'll just talk about who I saw, a, a book I read, uh, somebody I happened to meet, a conversation I had in the coffee shop. My church members started reading it. Visitors to the church started reading it. Then people around the country started reading it. Then people overseas started reading it. Then eventually, it took a while, but eventually we got visitors to our church who said, you know, I didn't know anything about you. Never even heard of this Ray Pritchard guy, but I saw you on the internet and you're in Chicago and we decided to come by and visit your church. I discovered that the internet was the most powerful tool. I, I think it's the most powerful tool since the invention of the printing press hundreds of years ago. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting, Ray. As I think about it, we are in a sense right now self-isolating. And in some ways, I, you could call it like home imprisonment or house yes. arrest, possibly. Yes. And yes. we all know about a very famous guy in the first century who spent a lot of time under house arrest using the technology of his day to write letters and to communicate from house arrest. And I'm thinking to myself right now in this season that we all find ourselves in, is it possible that God is calling each of us to leverage whatever platforms, whatever tools he makes available to us to reach those that are around us with the technology that we've been given, which I think you've done so incredibly well, Ray. Any thoughts on that before I ask you another question? Just this, speaking of the Apostle Paul, when he went to Athens, he got up on Mars Hill and he preached because that's where the people gathered. I've been to Mars Hill, I've seen it. But down there, just, just down the right below Mars Hill, is the agora, the, the marketplace. Paul went down to the marketplace. And that's where he argued with the Stoics and the Epicureans and the other Greek philosophers. Now, why did he leave Marcel and go down into the valley? Because that's where the people were. 
That's where they met. That's where they congregated. That's where they talked. That's where they discussed. That was the, the, the agora, the marketplace. That was the social media of the first century. Paul is our example. He went, he went to the synagogues. That's where the people were. He went to the debating hall. That's where the people were. And in Athens, he went down to the marketplace. God has given us Twitter. He's given us Instagram. He's given us Facebook. He's given us uh, these other things I barely know anything about. There's so much out there. How can we not leverage those for the cause of Christ? These are gifts. The world has figured out how to use them. We've got the best good news the world. We've got the, we've got the message of hope right now the world needs. Uh, I'm, I, I want to I use every tool that God puts in front of me to get the good news out to people who need to hear it. I love it. I love it. I think Paul would have been probably one of the most prolific social media influencers if he was alive today. I think he Look, would have been one of those people. Be tweeting. He would be tweeting and mixing it up. And, uh, you know, he, he could be salty too. People think, you know, Paul's a tough guy, you know, he could give it and he could take it. He, he spent a lot of his time debating in the synagogues. He would debate in the, in the debating hall there in Ephesus. He would debate. He would love social media. I love he would it love it. He would love it. He would get into it. I'm absolutely certain. So Ray, tell us a little bit about your adopting of social media. Let's be completely transparent. There are some people, I would say, in your demographic that, quite frankly, are a little bit critical of it and can sometimes be opposed to it, that kind of thing. You have embraced it. But I want to hear some practical things that you do beyond just broadcasting a service online or beyond just broadcasting a talk or something online as far as delivering content. I know that you guys... You and Marlene both actually leverage social media to do what I like to refer to as personal ministry in people's lives, not just broadcasting a talk or a message or a service. Talk to us about some practical things that you do on social media that you feel like allows for personal engagement. Here's the thing we have discovered. I got into Facebook very early on, and you're right. A lot of people in my demographic weren't in it back then. Now, here in 2020, everybody, that has really changed. You know, you want to see your grandkids, you get on Facebook, you get on Twitter, Instagram, something like that. But back then, people didn't really understand it. In that day, which was only 12, 13 years ago, the number one way people found Keep Believing Ministries was through our website. Okay, And I spent a lot of time building the Keep Believing website. Oh, how that has changed. Almost nobody finds us directly now by the Keep Believing website. Almost nobody. Number one way people find us now is by Facebook. Mm -hmm. And the number two way is by Twitter. Number three is because they've, we've shown up somewhere on Google. And then, then maybe Instagram is, we're just beginning to develop that now. So I know that if I spend time on social media, that's how people are going to meet me, get to know me, get to know Marlene. Uh, people write in. I, okay, let me let me just do this. Let me let me see if I can do this. The way people the way people get in touch with me now. I I should have written this down. Okay, you Instagram is one way. Twitter direct message is another way. Uh, the Keep Believing Facebook page, the Ray Pritchard Facebook page. Uh, they can text me. 
Um, they can, I, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm working LinkedIn and uh, people contact me that way. And then there's one more that I'm not thinking of. I kind of, oh, I know, email, old-fashioned email. The old-fashioned email. Different ways. It's seven channels I have to check. And if you ask me how many times a day do I check those seven channels, uh, probably 15, 20 times a day. I'm checking it all the time, all the time. So I have discovered that if I want to help people and encourage them, and not just, quote, sell stuff, because that's really not very satisfying to me anyway. I want to encourage people. They've got to know that they can write me. They've got to know that I'll pray for them. Uh, you know what, by the way, dot, 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 said the preacher, going off, going off on the side. Let me say something to our ministry friends here. If somebody says, will you pray for me? Either stop and pray for them right then, if it's possible, man, not always possible, but if you can, or if they write you, write them back. Not a sentence saying, I am praying for you. Write them back your prayer. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It does take time. Yeah. It does take time. But Perko, I have found so many times people write me, would you pray for my uncle? My, I'm going in for surgery. My husband, my, my marriage is in trouble. I have found the most encouraging thing I can do is simply write back and say, Lord Jesus, my friend. Catherine is struggling because she's got this COVID-19 and she's Mm. worried about what the future is. Lord, I'm coming in Jesus name on behalf of my friend, praying for a healing power. Um, Mm. It takes time, but at least for me, that's one thing I find myself doing more and more and more. Not just saying I'm going to pray for you, but write out the prayer. doesn't have to be 10 paragraphs, two, three sentences is great. So meaningful, Ray, so personal for people that are receiving that on the other end. And I think that is really the thing that a lot of ministry leaders right now are wrestling with, not how do I just show my Sunday service online? I think most churches around the world right. have, have been forced to figure that out in the last month or six weeks, quite right. frankly. They're not all great. I've watched some that I'm thinking to myself sometimes, uh, not sure if we should be putting that out there, but that's okay. Some of them are fantastic. Um, I consume a lot of online church um, because I'm connected with so many ministry sure. leaders. But I think the thing that we're all wrestling with right now is how do we go beyond just putting our Sunday service online and actually pastor and shepherd our congregations and our community in a meaningful, personal way when all we have available to us is these digital platforms. And I think that and that one little suggestion was fantastic, Ray. I think that's a practical way that we can shepherd and pastor people online. What are some other things, Ray, that you feel like right now because of, and I don't want to focus just on this, this crisis that we're all facing, but it's relevant. It's where we are today. Here, here, here we are. So what are some other things that you feel like as a ministry leader, you are learning during this time and some things that you're wrestling with that maybe you still have more questions about than you have answers that, that many of us would probably relate to right now. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you number one thing I find myself as I'm talking to you, Perk, I'm kind of leaning forward like this, this life, right? Yeah. Those of us who are type A personalities, we're kind of wired to lean forward into life. Yeah. You know, and I, I sort of think of like like the throttle on a boat. Most of us in the ministry, most people I know, 
We, we go with the throttle pushed all the way forward. Mm. It's a very humbling thing to realize you're in your house and you're not going to get out of your house today. Yeah. You, and tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're going to be in your house again and you're probably not going to get out of it. Maybe you'll take a walk, but the life that you and I knew just a few short weeks ago is gone. And we all hope, well, maybe in six weeks or two months, it's going to be back. Is there any real guarantee? Right. I, I don't really think so. This is the way I look at it. I, I speak for nobody else but myself. I find it hard. I, I go so long this way. I find it very hard to pull that throttle back. I find, very, I find it easy to go with life stuck in the, in the forward, stuck that way, full out yes. all the time. Yeah. One thing I think God's doing for all of us, he is uh, reminding us, I'm reading Psalm 103. Marlene and I have been, that's another thing, I'll get to that. But yeah. we're reading uh, through the book of Psalms, actually listening. I'll get to that too, okay? But yes. Psalm 103, like a father pities his children, the Lord has compassion on us. He remembers our frame. Mm. He knows we are dust, dust. That's all we are. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. It's one good thing about reading the Bible. It'll bring you back down to the proper place. <laughs> it gives you, it gives you perspective, Ray, so much. Um, I, I remember just the other day I was recalling this phrase that I grew up hearing as a young child in the church all the time. People would use this phrase, Lord willing. And, and I, I actually wrote a blog the other day that says, I called it bring back Lord willing. Yes. Because as we, as you read that passage in James, Jesus brother, really before the famous line that most of us think of the whole, your life is as a vapor. It appears for a period, a little period and you know, vanishes and so on. He gives a warning to people to say, Hey, you who say to each other, we're going to go to this town or that town and we'll spend a year there and build a business or a ministry, whatever you want to put in there. And we're going to profit. We're going to do all these things and be careful. You should say if God wills it or if the Lord allows or Lord willing that I'll go to these places. So it's not as though we stop dreaming, but I think it just puts the right perspective. Like you said, the psalmist gives us perspective and says, we're kind of like dust or we're like a vapor. So go on though. So it's just, this just amazing how what you were just saying, I was thinking about in the last 24 hours. Okay. Roll the clock back to say December 31st, January 1st. How many of us had ever heard of quote COVID-19 or coronavirus? Yes. Zero. Zero. Yep. Had no idea. You had your plans, Perko. I had mine. I came into 2020. I, I had it all laid out, had this travel schedule. I mean, Tonight, if everything had worked out right, I was going to be with Marlene up in Chicago. Then this Sunday, we're going to be in Indiana. Then next week, we're going to fly to South Korea to teach at the, at the Bible Institute over there. Then we're going to be in Montana to speak at a conference. And then we're going to come back. Everything, all the plans, all the plans, just gone. And, I read, and you know what? I read the book of James, that passage, a little differently now. Come on now. He says that in the Greek, come on, come on now. You who say today or tomorrow, come on guys. 
You think you've got it all figured out. You got nothing figured out. Wow. And, yeah. and it's easy for, okay, I, I confess my sins. Nobody else's. All right. It's yes. easy for those of us who live life pushed this way to come to this moment and think I got it in this timeout period. I got to do something to prove my worth. Yeah. Easy to think that, you know, the schedule's gone, the travel's gone. Uh, you know what we got to do? We got to trust the Lord. Yeah. If somebody said, Oh no, has it come to that? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the last resort. All of a sudden we have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like saying what we got nothing to breathe, but air, we got nothing to eat, but food. Oh no. Has it come to that? Yes. My friends, it has come to that. So this is what Marlene and I together have been thinking about. It's helped me. And, and I got to say, slowly, I'm bringing the throttle back now. I'm not saying I'm there yet. This is what we have decided. Got this from some missionaries, again, way back in the last century. Paraguay, Colombia, Nigeria, uh, Ukraine, different places. The life of the missionary, the real missionaries, it's not, as you know, it's not all that glamorous. And in certain parts of the world, it's a real struggle. And those missionaries used to say, you know, this is 40 years ago, if we can do one thing, if we can just get one thing done, it may take us all day. We, we, we don't ever start out saying we're going to do five things, but just get yeah. one thing done. We've adopted that for this yeah. Time out period. Monday, let's get one thing done. Yeah. And once that's done, sit down and relax because yeah. we're not going anywhere anyway. Tuesday, let's just try to get one thing done. Wednesday, one. And guess what? Today, Perko, my one thing done was to talk to you. Oh, so wow. I'm work. You were my one thing to get done today. And yeah. it's a great day because I'm getting yeah. to talk. And, and for a guy who's used to, you know, clicking it off, clicking it off, clicking it off, I guess I'm going to say I'm okay with that. I'm, yeah. It's where we are. Okay. I've, I feel like, Ray, and you've probably heard this before, but I feel as though many of us, especially as leaders, are so driven. And it's almost like we, our cocaine is our ability to get things done and yeah. to achieve and to advance things. And it's, there's nothing wrong with the desire to achieve and advance and so on for the kingdom, as long as it's coming from a great place and a great motivation. But I am convinced that the speed at which we travel is probably not something that's going to help us to develop a really deep spiritual soul, healthy inner life. And uh, I've recently just been learning a ton about this whole idea of soul care. I've been learning a lot about the idea of what you described. And I love the speedboat analogy of pulling back on the throttle um, because I've been reading a lot of uh, different guys. One of the guys you've probably heard of is Dallas Willard, who said that busyness or hurry is actually the enemy of spirituality. And if you can eliminate busyness and hurry from your life, you'll probably have a much better relationship with Christ and a deeper relationship with Christ. So I would just love to, to know, Ray, what are some practical things that you and Marlene do, whether together or individually, to help you pull back the throttle? What are some practical things 
that you guys do to both slow down, but also cultivate that, that life with Jesus that maintains a healthy soul while you're still reaching an incredible amount of people online and you're still hitting some of your strategic goals. How do you keep a healthy soul? You know, I think to, to go back to that image, the real problem we as leaders have is not just that we get stuck, you know, way this way. And it's not just that we have trouble pulling back. I think most of us can take our hands off for a short period of time. And then while nobody else is looking, we grab that throttle again and push it down. And, and I view this as a period of time where God has said, he said, look, you weren't planning this, but I was always, always. You can keep your hand off of it. And I'm going to take the throttle away from you for a while. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have you at home for a while so you can begin to reconfigure. I like this, that you, you kind of miss the, the contours of the soul. So, in our, I'm coming to you from my office in the basement of our home. We a tri-level, but we live mostly on that middle level. And there, got our bedroom there. And then, I'm actually pointing and showing you where it is. I love it. bedroom right up above me. And then the kitchen's right over there. But in between, there's this little dining room nook. And Marlene said, we ought to put a little, little kind of recliner there. So she's got one in this little side of the nook. And just a few feet away, I've got one. And you know, I have to give, first of all, dot, dot, dot. Just in general, Perko, um, over 45 years of marriage, Marlene has always known the will of God before me. Yeah. I don't, it's just it's intuitively, she's re, every major decision, she's figured it out while I'm over there wrestling with it. <laughs> She just waits for me to figure out what she figured out long ago, right? So I've learned to, I've learned to sort of just sit and listen to my wife. She has been, and this has been so good for us. She has been listen, doing the Bible in one year, listening online through, I think right now we're using version, or we might yes. be using Bible.is. You know, yes. there's several different places you can go. Well, she's got one where the, where we're listening to the new living translation, just Love modern it. contemporary doing about five or six chapters a day. And she's right over there. She's in her little side of the nook. I'm on my side of the nook. She's got the, she's got the cell phone. She punches it in. We started just a couple of weeks, kind of when this whole in home sheltering thing, we were, she was in the book of, 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 of Job toward the end of it. And you know, well, if you want something to humble you, listen to the end of the book of Job, where Job's got all these questions. Lord, I want to know this. Lord, you know, he's, you know, I, Lord, explain yourself. And God says, let me ask you a question, buddy. Can you make a bunny rabbit? No. Well, when you figure out how to make a bunny rabbit, come back to me and I'll explain myself to you. <laughs> Otherwise, just get out on your knees and be quiet. And what a message that is. Folks, I did paraphrase that. But sure. what a message that is for us uptight 21st century people who think that the world depends on us. No, the world does not depend. It's a shocking and humbling thing to me to realize. You know, at the age of 67, I got more behind me than I have in front of me. Yeah. 
I, I just do. I don't plan to live to be 130, have no real desire to do that. So I'm coming down the home stretch of life, whether it's a year or five years or 10 years. And I find it extremely freeing to realize God was doing fine before Ray Pritchard showed up. If I drop over tonight, he'll still be God and the world will still be running and he'll still be on his throne. Well, what a freeing thing. So I've been listening. We started in Job. Can you make a bunny rabbit? Really, it's more like a crocodile, but still, the, the, can you make an ostrich? No, 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 no. Okay, it's just good to sit and listen. I'm actually, I'm actually trying to answer your question by saying, what a good thing to me. And you know what? Without this coronavirus, and I pray for God to lift it, I pray for the pandemic to end, all of that. But while we are in this period, I wouldn't be doing this with Marlene. I'd be out doing God's work. But now I understand God's work for me and my wife is to sit, her in her chair, me and mine, crank back my recliner, and just listen to the word of God and pray together. Yeah, We've done more now than we have in years. What? And to feel no big time pressure at all. Yeah. I, uh, that's been good. That it, you know, sometimes you can just feel something's good for your soul. That's yeah. been good for my soul. I love it, Ray. That is so, so practical and so helpful. And, um, man, I just am convinced that for many of us as leaders, I am confessing for myself, not for everyone, but I know that the beginning years of my life were marked by this phrase of being focused more on what I was doing for Jesus than just being with Jesus. And I want the last half of my life to be the reverse. I want to be known as someone that spent a lot of time with Jesus and what he did for Jesus came out of that. So thank you for sharing that intimate, practical thing that you and Marlene are doing together. I'm so incredibly thankful. Um, one of the focuses of the podcast, Ray, is to help people reach their strategic goals while not losing their souls. And I think you've helped us look at both of those things today. If people want to catch up with you, Ray, what's the best way to find you online or on social media? Just surf on over to keepbelieving.com. Yeah. If you mess up and go.org, we own them both. So come see us, keepbelieving.com. My email Ray, R-A-Y, at keepbelieving.com. If you put Ray P, it'll come to me. Ray Pritchett, it'll come to me. Uh, Dr. Ray, Professor, or whatever. Almost anything at keepbelieving.anything will probably come to me. So you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or old-fashioned email. Love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Yeah. Ray, thanks so much for your time with us today. This has been such an encouragement and so much fun to hang out together. And I look forward to the next time we get to catch up in person. And I'm going to hold you to this. We're going to head up Joe's Barbecue in Kansas City. Kansas City Barbecue. Here we come. Sounds great. Thank you. I love it. Well, I'm so glad that you joined us today for that uh, conversation with my good friend, Dr. Ray Pritchard. So many great nuggets of just truth and great encouragement for us today, especially as we're going through this forced pause, uh, this forced pause that's across the entire planet right now, where we're all having to be slowing down, no matter whether you're a driven leader or you're somebody that loves to relax. All of us are being forced to pause right now. And I think Ray had some great insights for all of us 
no matter where you find yourself listening to this podcast today, that would be helpful to spend a little bit of time just slowing down and being with Jesus. I hope that was incredibly helpful for you as it was for me. I know that it is going to change radically the way that I pray for people and that I uh, connect with them and don't just promise to pray for them, but actually pray for them, even if that is online. So I hope you found something out of this today that was helpful for you. We got a lot of great shows coming up here over the next few weeks, so I would encourage you to go to our website, jasonperkoperkins.com, where you can find all of our podcasts, or you can just jump on to whatever platform it is that you use, whether it's Spotify or Apple. We'd love it if this has been helpful for you, if you would share it with somebody else. Don't keep this to yourself. In fact, that's the whole reason I started doing this podcast is because I oftentimes found myself having conversations with great leaders and great friends where we would begin to talk about our goals and we'd talk about healthy souls. And I just felt like, man, why keep this to myself? I'd rather share this with others so that everyone can benefit and everyone ultimately can reach their strategic goals without losing their souls. And that's our hope for you today. Thanks so much for being with us. Look forward to chatting with you next time on Perko's Podcast. You've been listening to Perko's Podcast. Join us next time for more insights on strategy, leadership, and soul care to help you reach your personal, professional, and spiritual goals while at the same time not losing your soul. In the meantime, make sure to connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.